Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program. Presenting Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly. Ted Weems and his orchestra open the show with the title number from Fibber and Molly's new Paramount picture, This Way, Please. to show you how easy it is to have your floors shine. With Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, I'd like to give you an illustration. Suppose you're expecting guests for lunch, and you notice that the linoleum rug in your dining room or sun porch looks dull and lifeless. You send your child to the nearest dealer to get a can of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. You apply this easy-to-use liquid to the linoleum and spread it lightly over the surface, no bearing down or rubbing in. Just see that the surface is covered, that's all. Then take 20 minutes off to complete last-minute arrangements. When you look in the dining room, you'll find your floor so bright and gleaming, your friends will be bound to admire it. This transformation has taken place in a few minutes' time, and you've had no work of rubbing or buffing. Ask your dealer for Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. This is the night of the Lewis Farr fight, and by a strange coincidence, Wistful Vista is also the scene of an international match. The Piccadilly Panther versus the Harlem Hammer. Fibber, with his usual self-assurance, thinks he can pick up a little pocket money by reporting the fight for the Gazette. And here, about to suggest it to the sports editor, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. certainly got a lot of nerve trying to get another job on this newspaper. Oh, but this job will just be temporary. You never had one that wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I got a chance to make a name for myself on this thing. You made a name for yourself on that last job here. And did I ever blush when I heard it? Oh, you don't understand, Molly. Wistful Vista don't get a sports event like this every day. And there ain't anybody in town that understands fight angles like me. Why, did you read them other three sport writers this morning? They all canned the Lewis Farr fight, which was an unlucky thing for them to do. Why? Well, for three of them, the light on one match was... Why, <laughs> my... Here's the sports department. Hi, bud. Are you Mr. Byline, the sports editor? Yes, I am. 
And if you come in here to tell me you got a human interest angle on this rousing rumba tonight, you can go peddle your razor blades on some other corner. Oh, well, me husband is quite an expert on prize fighting, Mr. Byline. Tell him, dearie. Why, shucks, Byline, I'm old hand at sport reporting. Golf, swimming, baseball, football, horse racing. Horse racing isn't a sport. It's voluntary bankruptcy. Oh. <laughs> All right, McGee, don't waste my time. Okay. Don't forget you were a flop in our circulation department. Mm. What makes you think you're a sports reporter? Heavenly days, Mr. Byline. Don't you remember the famous snapshot McGee took of Jack Dempsey looking out a porthole of the Queen Mary? Remember the title? A square pug in a round hole? <laughs> Thanks, Molly. I'd forgotten all about that. Why, shucks, Byline, what can you lose? Give me a chance to show what I can do. You know sports, now be one. Well, listen, McGee. Huh? The Wistful Vista Gazette cooking school is in session in the next room there. Cooking school? Yes. There's a microphone in there, too. Go on in and let me hear you cover the proceedings. Oh, but I don't know anything. I'm a price... Oh, okay, Byline. Would you rather go in and watch me, Molly, or stay out here and hear me? Is there a third choice of any kind? <laughs> Come on. And now, ladies, we proceed with our sponge cake recipe. Go right ahead, sis. You won't bother me a bit. Where's the mic? Oh, yeah. All right, folks. Here we are at the stove side in the final rounds of this tremendous bout. Kid Cook versus Joe Sponge Cake. There's a fine crowd out here, and everybody's on everybody's toes. Or, listen, can you hear that band playing on the field? Because if you can, you're listening to some other broadcast. Ah, there's the bell. Kid Cook comes leaving out of her corner with that peculiar shuffle all her fans know. Her pan is well greased. McGee. Her frying pan. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a cake tin. She's bobbing and weaving. Now she leaves with a lightning left to the refrigerator. One egg, two eggs, a short left to the shortening. Oh, what a sight, folks. What grace? What rhythm? What's she doing? Oh, yeah, now. <laughs> Both eggs seem fairly fresh as they come together. Now they're mixing in. What a stirring spectacle this is, folks. Kid Cook crosses with the sauce. She smears sponge cake's pan with a swift butter. She's pouring it out. The stove is getting hotter and hotter. She pops him in the oven. Listen to that crowd cheer. Listen to that crowd cheer. Now the crowd is hushed and expectant. <laughs> All eyes are on Joe's sponge cake. He's getting brown around the edges. He's about done. He makes a brave effort to rise. He's getting up. No, he's down again. He's up. He's down. Kid Cook bores in with a broom straw. And sponge cake is... is yes, he's done. <laughs> Folks, you have just heard a pan-by-pan description of the Gazette Cooking School. We now turn you back to the studio, where, through the courtesy of Johnson's Wax, you will hear Ted Weems and his orchestra playing Slap That Bass. Take it, Ted.
I got the job, all right. Now I got to interview the Piccadilly Panther. Come on. Say, do you think the Englishman can beat the Harlem boy? Well, I don't know, Molly. They say the Harlem hammer has never been up against the good right hand of the chin, but the Britisher trains on tea, they say. Oh. So. <laughs> I figure it's either curtains for one or tea for two. <laughs> <laughs> one side there, bud. We want to... Oh, hi, Nick. Heavenly days, Nick DiPopolis. Hello, Cupid. Hello, Fizzer. Are you having some seats for the boxing fights tonight? Oh, yes, Mr. DePopolis. McGee is going to write it up for the Gazette. Now, how do they shape up in your estimation, Nick? Where's the smart money? Smart money is staying home, I'm thinking. Dumb money is being bet on fights. If I'm not being so stupid, I'm not having something to do with betting money. But if I'm being smart people and not making a bet, then I'm not having some fun. It's quite a pretty document. <laughs> <laughs> you going to be there yourself, Nick? No, Fizzer. I'm listening with my radio. Oh. When I'm going to fights at a wrinkled side seat, I am for to getting so excited I'm almost impossible to deal with. You grab me? <laughs> I grab you. Sure. So do six policemen every time. <laughs> Say, who do you think is going to win, Mr. DePopolis? Well, I'm thinking it is a toss-me-up, Cupid. One of him is just as good as the other one, and neither one is no good. <laughs> it's a half a dozen of one, and I'm sick of the other. <laughs> oh, here we are, Molly, headquarters of the Piccadilly Panther. Oh, there he is. Hey, Panther, I'm Fibber McGee from the Wistful Vista Gazette. How about an interview? Oh, I say, a blooming journalist, what? <laughs> I say, frightfully pipped at meeting you all, thing. Well, thanks, Panther, thanks. Panther, this is my wife, Molly. How do you do, I'm sure? Oh, it's, it's jolly good of you to pop in, you know. I, I'm always glad to have a bit of a chin-chin with the press and all that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, tell me, Mr. Panther, why do you have to wear that football helmet? That ain't a football helmet, Molly. That's a protective headgear to wear during practice. Kind of a folk bonnet. <laughs> you get it, Molly? Sock derby, folk bonnet? Hey, funny, McGee. Oh. What do you want, a knockout before the fight starts? <laughs> Tell me, Panther, what do you think your chances are against the Harlem Hammer? Oh, I, uh, I rather fancy I shall humble the blighter. Though <laughs> 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 so it must seem a bit unsporting, you know, to make such a bally egotistical pronostication. Oh, <laughs> you taking anything for it? <laughs> Say, uh, Mr. Panther, are you going to do some boxing for us? Yeah, go on, Panther, old boy. Let's see you in action. Uh, right, old fellow. I, I shall show you a spot of fisticuffs to make you sit erect in the world, if you newspaper johnnies say. <laughs> oh, do we say that? Oh, I, 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 I say, fellows, a bit of boxing. Hey, he's got good. He's got nice action, ain't he? Yeah. Oh, I always did think that leading with the right was a mistake. See how he covers up his stomach, Molly? Oh, he's probably bashful with just them little pants on. No. <laughs> hey, look at that panther go, will you? Hey, that guy's pretty good. Well, what are they stopping for? Was that the bell? I don't know. What's the matter, Pants? That wasn't the gong, was it? Oh, not a bit of it, old tobacco, old chap. <laughs> well, what was it, old rhubarb? The tea bell. Tea bell? Of course. I say, would you care for a spot of... Trumpet. Well, haven't any coffee and donuts? Quiet. Thanks, no, Panthy. I gotta run over to the other camp now and interview the Harlem Hammer. Thanks, anyway. And remember, Mr. Panther, if you ever train in Whisper Vista again, you'll be perfectly welcome, both you and your trainers, to run past our house any time. <laughs> oh, I, I, I see that. 
frightfully decent of you, old girl. Really. Well, toodaloo. Uh, pip, pip, Panty. Bye-bye, big boy. Toot, toot, Ted. <laughs> in the dark Two shadows in the night So gentle and so tender And every little word is like a song of sweet delight Whispers in the dark How heavenly they seem When lips and arms surrender and every little kiss is like a dream within a dream. But soon the breezes whisper to the trees that dawn is near. So soon their little paradise of love will disappear. Whispers in the dark while stars are in the blue Upon a night like this Perhaps I'll hear a little whisper In the dark from you Gee, what do you know about this Harlem Hammer? Who is he? Search me. I think they've been keeping him undercover. They say he's a local boy, too. Oh, hi there, bud. You in charge of the Harlem Boys Training Camp? I'm his manager, so what? Oh, oh uh, what was your name again, bud? Muggsy. What's your last name? What town is this? <laughs> Whistle Vista. Oh, yeah. Hey, Spike, what's me name in this town? Wolf, ain't it? <laughs> No, you was Wolf in Detroit. Here you're O'Brien. Oh, yeah. That's it. O'Brien. You got a different name in every town, bud? Sure. You want to make something of it? Oh, no. Oh, of course not. But how do people ever keep track of you? Lady, I think you got something there. <laughs> well, uh, tell me, Wolf, or O'Brien. Just call me Muggsy Pal. Okay, Muggsy Pal. <laughs> now, listen. How do you think this fight tonight is going to terminate? What do you mean, terminate? We're going right ahead with the fight. No. <laughs> he means how's it going to end? Who's going to win? <laughs> hey, Spike, this guy wants to know who's going to win. Oh, don't bother me with wise facts, Muggsy. I'm busy. What's he busy at? Poetry. Spike is always writing poetry. He thinks he's a Julius. <laughs> you mean genius, bud. <laughs> I'd like to hear some of his poetry. Hey, Spike. These people want to hear some of your poetry. Why, sure, sure. <laughs> Listen to this one. Roses is red. Violets also are even more. 
Use Johnson's Wax. It's the best thing for your floor. (laughs) That's pretty good, bud, but it don't scan. Oh, yeah. In the large size scan, you saves up to one toy. Hardcore. (laughs) Now I know you. Heavenly days, Mr. Wilcox. Oh, gee, I can't hide anywhere. I don't have any private life anymore. Okay, Doc. (laughs) Okay, you can talk to our boy, see? But not too much, see? He's got to rest up for the fight, see? This ain't a training camp, Molly. It's a CCC camp. (laughs) Okay, Doc, come on in. There's the Harlem hammer, Molly. He's taking a nap. My, he looks awful skinny for a fighter. Look at his ribs. Mmm. Mmm. Must be all moan and bustle, or bone and muscle. <laughs> well, I can't see much. <laughs> Boy, snore away, will you? <clears throat> Wish he'd roll over so as I could see his face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'd better wake him up before he scares himself to death. <laughs> Hey there, Harlem! Harlem! Hi, boss. How are you, man? <laughs> well, yes, Heavenly day, Silly Watson, are you the Harlem Hammer? Well, for the, well, uh, and, why, shucks, Sil, I didn't know you was a boxer. Yes, me either, sir, but when Mr. O'Brien come along and say, boy, is you a fighter? I, I say, no, sir. Uh-uh, not me. He say, boy, for 50 bucks, is you a fighter? I say, yes, but how you find that out? <laughs> you mean uh, you're going to fight that Piccadilly Panther for $50 tonight, silly? Yes, ma'am. For 50 bucks, I do the David and Goliath with me on the short end. I get it, Molly. This O'Brien picks up a palooka like Sill here, gives him a fancy name, matches him with a good fighter, and bets on the other guy. Why, Sill, they're making a chump out of you. Yes, sir, but I'll get me my 50 bucks. Silly, <laughs> you'll get all beat up. Sure. Yes, ma'am, I reckon so, but for $50... Listen, I... Sill, what do you know about boxing? Guess what Mr. O'Brien telling me, please, sir. He said, keep your hands down, Sill, and stick out your chin. He <laughs> said... He'd say, that's going to scare the little pickle-lily. <laughs> hey, I got an idea. Listen, Sil, you can win this fight. Well, do I still get my $50 if and I do? <laughs> oh, sure, silly. Yes, ma'am. Listen, Sil, get this now. I've seen this Englishman work out, see? And when, whenever anybody rings a tea bell, he stops like a shot to have a cup of tea, and he drops his guard. Is he got a guard? <laughs> he drops his hands down, silly. Oh, yes, ma'am. Now then, look. I'll be close to the ringside in the press box, see? When it gets going good, I'll ring a little tea bell. The Britisher stops, looks around, and then wham, you sock him. McGee, isn't that a little... Well, is that fair? Well, is it fair to put a green guy like Sill in the ring with a professional? I ain't green, Miss McGee. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, you will be. Now then. You get the idea, Sill? Clang, he stops. You pop him. Simple, ain't it? Yeah, does seem like a good idea, please. I sure do appreciate it. Now, that's okay, Sil. Now, now, now you, you go get some rest. And, and don't worry about it. Yes, sir, I won't. Well, so long, ma'am. So long, sir. Yeah. Good luck, silly. Same here, Sil. Poor silly, the Harlem ham. <laughs> Boy, shucks, this match is in the bag for Sil. Oh, wait a minute. I want to tell him one thing more. I was going to tell him not to think about it too much, but I guess it ain't necessary. 
say to you, Molly? I better get tickets. Say, do you think Silly can win, McGee? With my system, Molly, he can't fail. But listen, Molly, win or lose now, the paper has got to be informed, see? When Sil knocks him out, if he does, I'll stay and get the winner's statement, and you run up and phone the, the Gazette. Well, you better hurry, McGee. It's almost time for the main bout. Okay. Excuse me, brother. Sorry, but can I get through there? Give me two tickets near the press box, but... Hey, where's the ticket man? He'll be back in a minute, I bet you. Oh, hi, little girl. What you doing there in the box office? Waiting for my papa. <laughs> oh, you are, huh? Hmm? I... Listen, sis, I'm from the Gazette. All righty. Well, I forgot to get passes, so give me a couple of press tickets and the paper will pay you tomorrow. I bet you if my papa was here, he'd let you in for nothing, I bet you. <laughs> oh, he would, huh? Hmm? I says he would, huh? Who? Your papa. Sure. Well, uh, I wish he was here now, but but why would he let us in free? Well, gee, he used to be a prize fighter, I bet you, and he said he was always glad to do it. Always glad to let me in free? Hmm? Dad, Raddatz says, how does your papa know me? I bet he don't, I bet you. Well, then why should he let me in free? Well, gee, he says, always be nice to the old-time prize fighters. Oh, <laughs> oh, so I look like an old-time fighter, huh? <laughs> how do you like that, Molly? How can you tell, sis, my fine physique? No, my daddy says you can always tell one because his face looks like a jigsaw puzzle on a wobbly card table. I guess you can go in now. <laughs> Come on, Molly. Okay, Molly, here's the press entrance. And where do you think you're going, me boy? Uh, we're from the Whistful Vista Gazette, officer. Oh, is that so? Suppose you let me see your credentials. You're Have you got a pass? <laughs> Listen, O'Toole. My name isn't O'Toole. My name is Schultz. Schultz? With a brogue like that? Sure, and don't let the brogue fool you, McCushler. Huh? I'm just waiting until I can make enough money to build up again my delicatessen, which has burned down to the ground last June. Well, all right then, folks. You can go on in. <laughs> Hot dog, Molly. We're just in time. Don't forget now. Phone the editor of the All Gazette. All right, dearie. Oh, I do hope Silly won't be hurt. Don't worry. When the panther turns around for tea, he'll get a couple of lumps he don't expect. Quiet, please. Quiet, everybody. Quiet, quiet. We're about to present the main event in this evening's bout. In this corner, the British battler, the Piccadilly Panther. <laughs> Too bad he likes green tea. He's going to get it black tonight. And in his corner, a local boy, the Harlem Hammer. <laughs> now the two fighters are meeting in the center of the ring for instructions. The Englishman seems confident and calm. The Harlem boy looks very sleepy. But don't let that fool you, folks. No, because he is sleepy. Now they've gone back to their corners to wait for the bell. And there it is. The Englishman comes gracefully out of his corner. The Harlem Hammer, likewise. They circle each other cautiously. Now the Panther leaps with his left and takes the other boy high in the head. The local boy seems to be waiting. <laughs> The crowd is quiet. Every, anything can happen now. The Harlem boy has a very peculiar style. He shuffles about with his hands down, his chin up. A perfect target. Too perfect. Pretty sure it's caution. Well, the Panther's ignorance is silly's bliss. Hush, McGee, I nerve. Now they're closing in. The Englishman slams a wicked left to the Harlem boy's midriff. <clears throat> he staggers. He still seems to be waiting for something. Yes, and here it is. Oh, I say, tea. Give him, silly. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Oh, dear, oh, dear, I'm so excited. <coughs> Hello? Hello, Whistle Vista Gazette? 
Marley McGee calling. Yes, Silly Watson, or the Harlem Hammer, knocked the Piccadilly Panther out in the first round. Yes. Sent him clear out of the ring and knocked the spectator unconscious. What? The name of the spectator? Yes, I have it. Fibber McGee, 79 Whistle Vista. <laughs> a few women left who go on scrubbing their kitchen linoleum week after week. And what's the result? The linoleum gradually loses its life and color. After a while, it cracks around the edges and gets bumpy in spots until it finally has to be replaced with a new floor covering. Wise housekeepers never scrub linoleum. They keep it beautiful and bright with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. This remarkable liquid polish shines without rubbing or buffing. Keeps floors looking like new, protected from dirt and wear. If you want to save yourself the drudgery of floor scrubbing and at the same time save your linoleum from becoming shabby and worn, buy Johnson's self-polishing glow coat from your dealer tomorrow. Look for the attractive yellow can with the lettering G-L-O hyphen C-O-A-T. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Oh, yes, remember, you save money on the larger sizes. you to be knocked out? Who, me? <laughs> Why, shucks, no. I can take it. <laughs> Why, I used to be the premier pug of Peoria when I was a lad. Uh, Mittmaster McGee, I was known as in them days. Oh, my. Mittmaster McGee, the mighty magnetic mauler, the middleweights, merrily moving, magnificent muscles, making monkeys a mean mugs, master of modern methods, and making mincemeat a mediocre mastodon from Manitoba to Miami. <laughs> Good night. This is Harlow Wilcox thanking you for your purchases and use of Johnson's Wax Polishes. Your continued loyalty to these products makes it possible for us to bring you Fibber McGee and Molly every Monday night. Good night. Heard on this program was Whispers in the Dark from the show Artists and Models. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company. This is WMAQ Chicago. We invite you to listen to the Hour of Charms.